Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Courtney Williams. Courtney co-owns and operates Williams Cattle with her husband, Eric. Together, they raise grass-fed and finished beef and free-range children on a farm east of Carstairs, Alberta. Growing up as a farmer's daughter, Courtney saw the challenges that farm life brought and always said that she would never marry a farmer. However, in 2011, she married Eric, a man passionate about raising healthy cows on healthy land. Eric has been farming with his parents since childhood and building his cattle herd since high school. In 2018, Courtney and Eric slowly started to direct market their beef and saw an opportunity to expand. 2019 brought more chances to sell meat directly to customers, and their meat will be available in two local markets as of October. Since getting married, Courtney has embraced her role as a farm wife, then farm mom, but has only recently stepped into her identity as a farmer. Courtney is passionate about pursuing a healthy marriage, raising good human beings, and being a steward of the land and animals given to her, and building a successful agribusiness. I am so excited for you guys to get to know Courtney on today's episode. But before we get to today's episode, let's go over the review of the week. The review of the week comes from Jamie over at Cooper Creek Ranch. This five-star rating and review says, As a rural woman in egg, it is so great to hear stories from others. Great job putting together a quality podcast. Always anxiously awaiting the next one. Jamie. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. And if you too have been enjoying the Rural Women podcast, like I say every week, just head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This helps with our ratings and algorithms so people can find us over on iTunes as well as you can hear your kind words on an upcoming episode. So I think it's a win-win for everyone. Also, before we get to today's episode, I just wanted to fill you in on some things that I've been working on over at Shop Wild Rose Farmer, including a special Black Friday sale and a new design that will be launching on Cyber Monday. I can't give you all of the details quite yet, but there will be amazing deals for the sale. Plus, I think you're really going to love the new design. So make sure you head on over to wildrosefarmer.com and get those shopping carts ready. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you join the Wild Rose Farmer community email list so you can stay up to date on all of the things happening over at Shop Wild Rose Farmer. I will leave the link to join the Wild Rose Farmer community in the show notes for today's episode. And without further ado, my friends, let's get to Courtney's episode. Hi, Courtney. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Woman podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am excited to get to know you a little bit better and more about your operation. So for my listeners who are unfamiliar with Courtney Williams, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Okay, I am a mom of four. I'm married to Eric Williams. We live on a farm just east of Carstairs, Alberta. It's like just a little bit north of Calgary. And we're a cattle operation. And we are direct marketing grass-fed and finished beef. So how long have you and Eric been on this farm for? Eric was born and raised here in the house that we live in now. We were married in 2011 and we moved onto the farm the very beginning of 2014. 
That's great. So Eric was born and raised there. What generation of farmer is he on that land? So on this land, we're third generation farmers, but his grandpa actually moved here from a farm near Airdrie, Alberta. We actually don't know how far back, but they were probably like, we know for sure we're fourth generation farmers, but it probably goes back further than that. (laughs) It's the same here with my husband. We know he's at least a third generation. It could be many generations before that too. So (laughs) what is your farming background? Did you have a farming background before you married a farmer? Yes. So... I was born and raised in Saskatchewan. And then when Mad Cow hit and everything, my parents decided to sell and we moved to Alberta. And my dad was a ranch foreman all while I was growing up in high school. So you did have some experience then being on a farm. You weren't a newbie. (laughs) Yeah, I've had experience with it. So tell me what it's like then to be born and raised on a farm and then transition to a whole brand new farm when you get married? Is it a big transition? Does it feel the same? What is it like? I think I thought I was ready for it. (laughs) But as a kid, you don't see as much as the work that goes into it. I always said I was never going to marry a farmer because I saw the hardships that farming brought. My dad was, he worked so, so hard. And now I see it in Eric, like he's always going, he's always working and he works so hard and I'm so proud of him for that. But it is difficult. And there's a lot of things because I said I was never going to marry a farmer that I never learned when I was a kid. And I regret it, right? Like, I don't know what to look for. I do now, but I didn't know what to look for when cows were calving and driving tractors. Like I just never learned that because I didn't want any part of it. And then I fell in love with Eric and I kind of was thrown back into it. And I was like, darn it. I should have learned these things when I had the chance. Right. Yeah. No, I, I can see that for sure. I know there are a lot of women in the same boat as you, and I don't know what it is about farmers, but they sure are charming sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they sure are. (laughs) Have you been loving the Rural Woman podcast? Are you wondering how you can support the show? Well, friend, I'm happy to announce that I've recently joined Patreon. What is Patreon? Well, it's a membership-based platform that provides a simple way for you to contribute to the Rural Woman podcast every month and get exclusive rewards in return. Memberships start as low as $2 a month. Seriously, that's less than your grande, skinny, extra hot caramel macchiato with whip. Wondering what the rewards are? Well, they include promo codes for Shop Wild Rose Farmer, draws for the Rural Woman Podcast merchandise, shout outs on the show, and more. Your financial support of the Rural Woman Podcast will help make it possible for the stories of women in agriculture to continue to be shared. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to find out more information about how you can become a patron through Patreon. So tell us what your role is then on your farm. You said you had four little kids, so that's busy Mm -hmm. all in itself. But tell me what your typical day looks like for you on the farm. So Eric is actually in charge of most of the farm stuff. And he also works full time. So I usually get up quite early. And my role is mainly childcare. (laughs) I am a parent. So I get up before the kids and I make everybody breakfast and lunch and everything. Yeah, oldest is in kindergarten. So get her on the bus when she's on her days of school. And then 
mostly it's just getting redressed and everything like that, anything to do with parenting. And then we have a few chickens just for ourselves. So go out, collect eggs, make sure they're fed. When it's garden season, I'm usually in the garden three to five days a week, just all day long while the kids play outside. And then kind of just where I'm needed. So if like Eric's at work, his dad runs most of the farm while he's working. But if I need to like get a cow back in, I'll go out with the kids and do that or check cows. If there's one that are expecting to calve, I'll go make sure everything's all right with that. Or I don't often drive the tractor. If I was needed to, I probably could, but that's where we're really thankful for Eric's parents because they do a lot of the extra stuff, <laughs> the day-to-day stuff, actually, Lawrence. That is yeah. a very busy day for you, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, kids, yeah. I can only imagine having four kids under the age of five or six, so good for yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they keep me on my toes. <laughs> no doubt. So I saw pictures of your garden on Instagram, actually. It is huge. What are some of the things that you grew in your garden this year? Oh, so lots of potatoes. I think we had 16 rows of potatoes. (laughs) Um, Carrots, beets, peas, lots of peas. That's our favorite in our house. And beans, onions, garlic. I think that's everything. (laughs) That is a whole heck of a lot more than I have ever grown in a garden. (laughs) I garden with my sister-in-law. She helps out. And so our goal is always to plant enough to get us to the next spring. So we we fill our freezers and our cold storage rooms as much as we possibly can to get us to the next year. I feel for people like me who are first-generation farmers and farm wives, like gardening is a lost art because I I know like my husband's Baba when she was on this farm, like the entire yard was a garden. And even still, when she moved into town, her entire backyard is a garden. So, and then there's me who killed the lettuce that was in a pot on the front step within (laughs) a month. So (laughs) kudos to you guys for continuing to do that. So yeah. It's a big job, but yes. Yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit more about your farming operation. You've mentioned that you are uh, grass fed So tell us what that looks like then for your farm. So the cows that we direct market as beef are separated out of our herd. So not our entire herd is grass fed. We also sell some at the auction. So those ones are grain fed near the end when we need to be. Anyway, so the ones that are separated out will be marketed at a few local markets and directly to customers. Usually we calve in the spring and then they go out to pasture, and then we rotationally graze them until the next fall, if that makes sense. So, yeah. (laughs) Hey, all we'll get right back to our episode after a word from our sponsor. Nestled in the tree-filled mountains by Kootenai Lake in Nelson, British Columbia, K. Alskin Naturals was founded in 2013 by owner Leah. KL Skin Naturals is known for their award-winning natural deodorant that I have personally been using since early 2017, and I can tell you from personal experience, it passes the farming test. You know what I'm talking about. I feel good knowing that the deodorant that I'm using is free from harsh chemicals and scents. All of their products are produced by hand from the very first measure to the very last label. 
Each recipe was worked, researched, perfected, and tested on family and friends who all agree that there's something unique to be offered in the effective products that Leah is making. Listeners of the Rural Woman podcast can save 10% off their order with promo code WILDROSE10. So head on over to klskindeodorant.com to choose from their wide selection of clean scented natural deodorants, plus other natural skincare products such as fresh aloe skin cream, foot butters, and more. And now back to our episode. When did you guys start your grass-fed operation then? This will be our second year doing it. We are delivering meat next week for our customers. That's very exciting. Yes. What made you guys decide to transition over into grass-fed, grass-finished beef? So we were just looking at it. Last year when we did it, we thought like, oh, this is just another way to make a little bit more money and... There's a need. We found like people were asking if they could buy cows directly from us. So we found like, we we're like, why don't we just do it? We can sell halves and quarters and see if people go for it. And um, we were surprised by the response that we got. And then this year we were planning to do it again. We had six cows separated out and we just got thinking about it some more. And we're like, let's do it. Let's if we're going to go after this, this is something that we can pursue and build a business from. And my plan was to eventually go back to work once our kids were a little bit older. And it was like, if we could build a business on the side that is bringing in enough income that I didn't have to do it, that would be amazing. So we're not there yet, but that's kind of the goal. And if we can do that, great. And if we can't, and it just stays small, then that's fine too. Absolutely. And I think it's great what you said about there is a demand for this. So why not, if you have the space and you have the land, why not try it out, put your hand in the game to see if you too can also do this sustainable grass-fed, grass-finished beef. If that's what people want, that's what what farmers will give them, right? So Yes, that's right. So you mentioned a little bit before, but what is the typical life cycle then for one of your cows being raised completely on grass? So we keep them quite young just because it's hard to feed them grass for a long time, especially with our winters. So they're born in the spring and then we would keep them until the next fall. So if they were born in like 2018, then they would be butchered in the fall of 2019. Okay. So (laughs) what is, I'm just asking for curiosity that then what is the weight of them when they go to the butcher? Our aim is always about a thousand pounds. That is a pretty big cow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking outside my window right now at Taco and she's about 400 pounds. And I can only imagine what she would look like when she's a thousand pounds. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think have been some of the biggest challenges that you guys have faced being farmers and being new grass fed and grass finished beef farmers? I think last year, especially because it was kind of a drought year, getting enough hay for the cows for through the winter was kind of a challenge. Um, We're very thankful this year that we had a little bit more water (laughs) and we seem to have enough hay this year. So that's been a huge challenge. And also I find like marketing is not either of our strong suits. We're not trained in it. I post on Facebook <laughs> and I post on Instagram, but I, and I just hope that it reaches people that are interested in looking, right? So I think marketing and feeding the cows probably are the biggest challenges. 
I would say marketing is probably one of the biggest things I hear from people who are selling direct to consumer is the hardest part because we know that there's people out there that want these products, but to find them is very difficult. And I feel like you have to have like some type of magic thing to beat the algorithm of all of these social media platforms to actually find your customer. So I don't envy you for that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it also helps. Like we have really awesome customers. Whenever I post on Facebook, we have customers that are like, this is the best beef I've ever had. And so I really appreciate like word of mouth. Our friends are always spreading the word for us and markets that can't take our meat they ask for business cards and they'll pass out business cards for us. So we really appreciate that too. Word of mouth is always the best marketing Mm -hmm. you can ever have for sure. Yeah. Hey, have you been over to shop Wild Rose Farmer lately? There are so many new great t-shirts, tank tops, stickers, and more. There's even official Rural Woman podcast gear now, including great t-shirts and hats. Feel good knowing when you're shopping on Shop Wild Rose Farmer, you directly support the Rural Woman podcast. And don't forget, members of the Wild Rose Farmer community save 20% off their first purchase. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com for all of the details. And happy shopping, y'all. So Courtney, what do you think is the most rewarding part for you about being a farmer? Oh, I think that the hard work, like we put so much work into raising these animals and just tending the land and making sure that the soil is healthy so that our grass is healthy and so that our cows are healthy. And I think that people don't always see that, but we do. At the end of the day, all of our hard work is so satisfying. We see the benefits of it. When you dig into the dirt and you can see like the bugs and the earthworms and all of the awesome things that are going on in the dirt to know that it's healthy and then that our cows are putting on weight and being healthy as well. It's just such a, an amazing thing to see. And raising our kids here, I'm so thankful that we get to raise our kids on land that has been passed through the generations and that they're learning. Like <laughs> the other day, my five-year-old danced into the room and she was like, healthy soil means healthy grass means healthy cows. And we're like, look, we are like teaching them something. And they know so much about nature and the birds and the bees and death and things that are difficult that like we don't have to bring up or like, okay, we're going to sit down and have this really serious conversation because we just go out and see the cows and they ask questions about it. And it's just easy to discuss it with them. (laughs) That's awesome. And that is an answer that I hear all of the time about (laughs) kids being raised on a farm is like the best thing. And the stories that I hear from my husband about his childhood versus the adventures I had on my childhood, completely different. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, totally. Not even close to the same childhood. So (laughs) that's awesome. So what do you think are your future plans for Williams Cattle? What do you hope to see in the future? So our plan next year is to have take 20 cows to butcher, which is like scary and exciting all at the same time because this year we did six. And then just going up and up from there, we recently bought a freezer trailer. And so just to have store and haul our meat in that is a really big, exciting deal. And so, yeah, just going, just continuing to grow the grass fed portion of our herd so that we continue to supply grass finished meats to more and more customers and more and more markets. 
you're mentioning these markets. Is it a farmer's market that you attend or what type of markets are you selling your meat at? We have not attended a farmer's market yet. That may be in the plan in the future. The Carstairs Artisan Market will have our meat in it once we pick it up next week. And the Olds Uptown Market just north of us is Olds, so we will be supplying meat there. That's awesome. And I know where you're talking about these places, but some of my listeners might not. So what I'll do is I will link these places in the show notes. So if people are in the central Alberta area, then they'll be able to find out where they can find your meat and support you and your family. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. So for my listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you? On Instagram, we're WilliamsCattleAB. And on Facebook, we are just Williams Cattle. You can also go to our website. It's www.williamscattleab.com. And I think that's everything. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Courtney, for taking the time to chat with me today. I know you are a very busy lady with a lot of kids. So (laughs) I hope you appreciated the quiet time too. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Because they're grandmas, so we're good. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.